the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Cowboy fans to another edition of Locked On Pokes here on a Monday. I am your host Colby Powell and we are through the bye week. It was a great Saturday of college football but that Saturday did not include Oklahoma State as the Cowboys were off for the second time this season. Bye week was a little more enjoyable this time coming off the win as opposed to the loss earlier in the season. Glad everyone is with me on this cold rainy Monday here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, so this will be a normal week here on Locked on Pokes. We'll be back to normal. We'll have uh, today we'll do some recapping basketball, wrestling, women's soccer. We'll talk about the college football that was played on Saturday even though it didn't involve Oklahoma State. Uh, there were a few dominoes in the Big 12 that fell. Uh, very close games all around the conference. The only game that did not come right down to the wire was the uh, was the Texas Tech West Virginia game. Everything else was very close. So we'll talk about all that tomorrow. We'll have Mike Gundy audio as he will take to the podium this afternoon in Stillwater uh, to get ready for Kansas this week. On Wednesday, we'll talk numbers, get you ready for Oklahoma State and Kansas later this week uh, on Saturday at 11 a.m. kick. Uh, we also will talk a little uniforms at some point in today's show uh, as Oklahoma State has some special Veterans Day uniforms this Saturday. And today is uh, Veterans Day, so happy, happy Veterans Day. Uh, if there are any veterans listening, thank you for your service. The rest of us appreciate what you do uh, so that we can do what we do and not have to worry about it. So thank you, thank you. 10 times over, 100 times over to all the veterans out there, and a happy, happy Veterans Day. If you're new to the show, we do this every weekday, Monday through Friday, here on Locked on Pokes, and we cover everything Oklahoma State. I mentioned uh, basketball, wrestling, and women's soccer. We will get to all of those throughout the show today, not just football. Yes, football is king in the fall, but we cover everything Oklahoma State. You can find me on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes, uh, and if you're able to get over there, you can hit me up with all your thoughts on Oklahoma State athletics, whether that be football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, soccer, wrestling, whatever that may be, hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. And go ahead and take a minute to subscribe and rate this podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's dive in. Glad everyone is with me. Oklahoma State basketball moved to 2-0 on Saturday with a 69-51 win over the University of Missouri, Kansas City. This is a game that Oklahoma State, uh, you know, they win by 18, so they cover. I believe they were 16.5-point favorites, if I remember that right. Uh, 69-51, you know, it's not like you went out and beat them 90-40. to 40. You, you didn't crush them, but Oklahoma State played well. Uh, had had three guys in double figures, A, Cam McGriff, and Isaac Likely. Uh, that was it, Oklahoma State. The, the reason the scoring was so low, uh, Kansas City's head coach talked about it after the game. They wanted to do uh, three things. They wanted to keep Oklahoma State from getting out in transition, which he thought they did pretty well. They wanted to keep Oklahoma State from hitting a bunch of threes, which I know for a fact they did really well. And he wanted to uh, defend the glass, not get out-rebounded too badly by Oklahoma State, which they did not do. Oklahoma State won the rebounding battle 40-24. to uh, I mentioned the lack of threes from Oklahoma State. It was really pretty uncharacteristic for a team with so many great shooters, and Oklahoma State didn't even attempt uh, a bunch of threes. Kansas City was really trying to take those away. Two for ten as a team from behind the, from be, beyond the arc. Jonathan Laurent went one for two, and then Cam McGriff went one for four uh, from beyond the arc. But even like Lindy Waters and Thomas Dezago, 
Dezagua, both 0 of 1 from beyond the arc. Dezagua, in only 21 minutes, had no points. He was 0 of 1 from the floor, 0 of 1 from 3. Didn't get to the free throw line, had one rebound. Um, and that's fine. If that's what the game is giving Oklahoma State, then that's just what the game is giving Oklahoma State. Uh, Caleb Boone had a good game. He was 3 of 5 from the floor. You know, Keelan had the big game one with the – with the, th- the three triples and, and scoring in double figures. So Caleb Boone had eight points to go along with three blocks on Saturday against Kansas City. Keelan was effective as well. He was also three of five from the floor, uh, but he did not. He only got the free throw line for an and one. So he had seven points compared to Caleb's eight points. Six points from Jonathan Laurent off the bench. That was the majority of the bench scoring. Uh, Avery Anderson had four as well off the bench. Isaac Likely was the other guy in double figures. Now, I posed this question on Friday on the podcast. I asked what, uh, what kind of everybody thought about your NA and how many blocks he would average per game this season because he had the huge eight-block game to open the season. Well, you know he can't average eight blocks. That's just not realistic. Uh, Ryan the Great on Twitter tweeted me on Friday. He said, I'm going to say NA averages five-plus blocks per game. Uh, I told him that I thought that that was probably a, a little on the high side. I said I was thinking around four. He said, he said, I definitely think it's a lot, but I think he will show improvement bouncing to outside the paint at times and pick up some there that he didn't get last season. And we saw that against ORU with URNA. We saw him be able to get outside the paint and get some blocks. Uh, not so much against UMKC on Saturday, just the one block. But again, you take what the game gives you, and uh, URNA did not need to do a ton uh, as far as blocking shots on Saturday for Oklahoma State, and they were able to roll past Kansas City 69-51. to uh, Cade Cunningham was not in attendance for this game. Cade Cunningham was in Stillwater on Friday. You probably saw some of the photos with him and Rondell Walker. If you're on Twitter, uh, you probably saw some of those this weekend. He was in in Stillwater on Friday, had to fly out Saturday morning, uh, ended up having a scheduling conflict with a game of his own. So he ended up having to fly out and, uh, and was not at the game on Saturday. But no worries. That's, you know, it was, uh, I think, the tweet, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was who tweeted it out. I wish I could give credit. If somebody remembers, let me know. Uh, basically tweeted and said, uh, a big change for Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham is not, and then it said, in attendance for Saturday's game against UMKC. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's calm down with how we word that tweet. You got Oklahoma State fans scared that we lost the program's biggest recruit probably in the history of the basketball program three days after he committed. So uh, also keep in mind, we're on Bryce Thompson this week. High alert. Early signing period starts on Wednesday. That's when they can sign, not commit, sign. Bryce Thompson uh, has kind of hinted that he wants to commit tomorrow and sign on Wednesday. So be on high alert for Bryce Thompson. Uh, You know, the experts are still saying Oklahoma or Kansas. You know, you get on Bryce Thompson's Twitter last week. It was all Oklahoma State. Kate Cunningham is at Oklahoma State. So it'll be interesting to see what Bryce Thompson does. I, I really am on the edge of my seat for this commitment because if he commits to Oklahoma State, that's likely going to give the Cowboys a top five class. So uh, it would be huge if they could land Bryce Thompson to go along with Rondell Walker and Cade Cunningham. Uh, glad everybody's with me. Oklahoma State has uh, a game Wednesday at Charleston. They'll be at Charleston, South Carolina. And that game is not on ESPN Plus. One of the few games here earlier in the season that's not on ESPN Plus. That game is on CBS Sports Network, which I appreciate because I'm not home right at 8 o'clock. I can record that on my TV, which uh, I don't think I can do with ESPN Plus. If anyone knows if you can just 
go on your ESPN Plus and record a program to watch back later, let me know because that would be useful information uh, for me to have as we get through the non-conference basketball schedule here. Because uh, you know Oklahoma State, I'm just looking here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, right now, they're showing at least seven more games on ESPN Plus for the basketball team, including this upcoming Sunday against Yale, which should be a pretty good game. You know, Yale, y'all can handle their business a little bit. Yale is 2-0 and right now, and uh, Yale's a team that kind of pops up in the, in, the, in the tournament every year. Uh, last year, they, they lost to LSU in the first round, but it was a good one. It was 79-74. They lost to a really talented LSU team after a 22-7 and season. So Oklahoma State and Yale will be a really good matchup. Uh, all right, we need to go ahead and move on. Whenever we come back, we will talk a little Oklahoma State football. Oklahoma State uh, finished off the non-conference schedules for 21, 22, and 23. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uniforms they're going to wear this weekend and keep things rolling as we talk a little Big 12 football coming up next here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Work your team every day. Welcome back, Cowboy fans. Glad to be with you on this Monday as we get ready to get things rolling once again. Football is back. Took the week off last week to watch everyone else uh, just go absolutely crazy around the college football world between LSU-Alabama, which was a, a shootout watching Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa go back and forth, was phenomenal. Penn State-Iowa State that morning was fantastic. TCU had Baylor beat the entire game, and then Baylor hits a 51-yard field goal with 30 seconds left and ends up winning in triple overtime. It was just a phenomenal, phenomenal day of college football. The Oklahoma game, at the end of the day, uh, they, they dodged the two-point conversion there at the end. It was a, a great, great day of college football. Uh, Mike Gundy will be taking to the podium a little bit later on today to talk about Kansas week as Oklahoma State comes in on a two-game winning streak right now with the Jayhawks coming to town Saturday. Oklahoma State will be at West Virginia next week, and then uh, they will have Bedlam, of course, at home the last week of the season. So um, it's hard to say big game with Kansas coming to town. It, it kind of feels a little more like a big game than it usually would because of the less miles factor. Uh, you know, when less miles comes to town, that's kind of a big deal. I, uh, I, I think Oklahoma State fans, when he was here, loved less miles. Um, now, whenever he bolted, after he told everybody he was going to be at Oklahoma State for a long time, Oklahoma State fans didn't care too much for Les Miles. But he, he really was part of the turning around of the culture at Oklahoma State to get this football program on the right direction. You know, he kind of started it, and then Mike Gundy took it over, transitioned it to the spread offense, and, and ran with it all the way to the eclipse of the Big 12 championship in 2011. So uh, Les Miles, certainly you, you can't tell the story of Oklahoma State football uh, history without including the few years that Les Miles was the head coach, the success that he had in Bedlam, things of that nature. He is an incredible motivator, and he will have his guys ready to go on Saturday. Oklahoma State, a 17-point favorite right now is what that line is against Kansas. Just due to the simple fact uh, that Kansas is Kansas, I would expect that line to move up throughout the week, and I will probably stay away from it because Kansas, like I said, Les Miles can motivate. 
He can really motivate. And uh, Oklahoma State, you know, th- this will be a game where I think Oklahoma State will have to play well to beat a Kansas team that is better than they've been in the past. So I will probably go ahead and stay away from that one. Uh, Oklahoma State has finished off its non-conference schedule for 2021, 22, and 23. They've added three FCS opponents, one each of those years. In 2021, they will open the season now at home against Missouri State, uh, and then they'll be home against Tulsa on 9-11, and then at Boise State. That Remember, Oklahoma State, that was a home-and-home home for the game a year ago, so they will go out and play at Boise State and, uh, and, and get to play on the blue turf, which will be a lot of fun. Probably be a, a night game. And keep in mind, right now, let me go through and just look at my calendar here. 2021, September 4th, the Oklahoma State game against Missouri State. That's currently scheduled for that Saturday. Those games can be flexed, as we've seen with Oklahoma State. Right now, uh, these games are all scheduled for for Saturday for the opening of the season, but those games are often flexed into that Thursday spot so that Oklahoma State can get more viewers, whatever the case may be. 2022, Oklahoma State uh, has Central Michigan in Week 1 for the revenge game, Arizona State at home in Week 2, and then they've now added Arkansas Pine Bluff as a home game in week three in 2022. So another FCS opponent, but the first two weeks of that non-conference will be a lot of fun with the Central Michigan Revenge game and then Arizona State uh, as well as they'll play a home-and-home with Arizona State in 2022 and 2023. And then in 23, uh, they've scheduled Central Arkansas was the FCS opponent they'll have coming to town on September 2nd, that opening Saturday, if the game stays on that day. Remember, Oklahoma State played Central Arkansas several years back, uh, and Oklahoma State won that game 32-8 to in what was kind of an ugly football game. Uh, and then at Arizona State on September 9th of 23, South Alabama at home on September 16th. So Oklahoma State kind of rounding out the non-conference schedules uh, for the next few seasons. And I mentioned this Saturday, Oklahoma State is going to wear special uniforms to honor veterans during the Kansas game. And if you haven't seen pictures of these things, they are sweet. It is it is black and gray for Oklahoma State. And when I say black and gray, I mean the uniforms are like a light gray with black lettering with a white outline and these are clean 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 oklahoma state uh will look great on saturday the these uniforms are going to feature a few special things one thing they're going to feature is the official military base crest of the cowboy battalion on the right sleeve so you've probably seen if you've seen pictures on that right sleeve it looks like a patch that's got an, an oklahoma state rider on a horse that's kind of bucking it says oklahoma state on it So that is the official military base crest of the Cowboy Battalion on that right sleeve. The crest represents the historical roots of service fostered by the university. Officials said Oklahoma State University's ROTC program originated with the establishment of the school itself, and military instruction was part of the curriculum way back in 1890. This info, by the way, courtesy of KOCO News 5 and their website. It will also also, uh, have the... The American flag on the left sleeve, which will also be in gray, white, and black. Uh, and then on the back, where the player's name usually goes, you probably saw this in the pictures. This was not just for the pictures. Every player on the back of his jersey, it will not say Sanders. It will not say Hubbard. It will not say Stoner. It will say Cowboy Battalion on the back of the jersey. And then the Folds of Honor logo will be on each helmet 
and jersey on the back of the helmet uh, and on the jersey as well. So uh, going to be a really cool look for Oklahoma State on Saturday. If you're not planning on getting out there, get out there. It's supposed to be nice again this weekend. It's, it's kind of miserable this morning, um, but you, you don't want to have an empty stadium. You look bad with an empty stadium. Uh, so get to Gallagher-Iba Arena on Saturday. You, you just never know. I'm telling you, this game against Kansas – it could be a little closer than some people think. Look at this. Saturday, 60 degrees, you know, sun peeking out through the clouds. It's going to be beautiful on Saturday, on November 16th. So uh, don't be a buzzkill. Get out to uh, Boone Pickens Stadium on Saturday for the game against Kansas. Uh, all right, how much time do I have here? Um, just enough. Let's talk a little Big 12 football. Uh, on Saturday, good games across the conference. Started at 11 a.m. with Baylor and TCU. This is a game I told you on Friday, TCU was going to beat Baylor. I said Baylor is going to be overlooking TCU. They're going to be too worried about the playoff rankings. They're going to be looking forward to Oklahoma, and TCU is going to knock off the Baylor Bears. And they had it done. They had it done. They led 9-0 at halftime. They led 9-3 going into the fourth. Could not move the ball. TCU gets shut out in the second half. And Baylor's kicker, who had struggled from 30 yards already in this game, he doinked a 32-yarder. He had barely gotten one over the crossbar from inside 30. Makes a 51-yarder with 30 seconds left. And Baylor goes on to win in triple overtime, 29-23. to So Baylor able to get it done on Saturday against TCU and stay undefeated. It, Baylor, you really have to say, with the, with the magical close wins they've pulled off, uh, you know, the win over Iowa State with the field goal late against Oklahoma State. They trailed 20-10 to in the third quarter. Uh, and then Oklahoma State proceeded to be unable to hold on to the ball the rest of the game. So they win that game. And then the miracle win Saturday over TCU, which included the late 51 yarder Baylor uh, has a little bit of bear magic going on so far this season uh, I would not expect that to continue against Oklahoma but you never know because Oklahoma all of a sudden does not look like the world beaters that they once did earlier this season uh, Oklahoma nine and a half point favorite for that game this coming Saturday <clears throat> Oklahoma, uh, you could probably say maybe you should have lost that game to Iowa State on Saturday. Brock Purdy had Charlie Kohler open on the two-point conversion, wasn't able to hit him. Oklahoma hangs on for the 42-41 to win over the Cyclones. But OU was outscored 20 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and they just don't look like what they looked like earlier in the season. The offense seems to have no identity. Uh, you know, do they want to run it? Are they trying to throw the deep ball? Are they trying to pound it to C.D. Lamb? Is, is it just the Jalen Hurts show? I don't think they really know what the offensive identity is right now. And, you know, the defense, it's like the more things change, the more they stay the same in Norman as they give up 41 to Iowa State uh, on the heels of giving up 48 in a loss to Kansas State. Speaking of Kansas State, they nearly beat Texas. I told you Texas would win and cover. I was half right. They win that game 27-24 on a field goal as time expires from Dicker, the kicker. So Texas and Kansas State now both 6-3, and three, although the Longhorns 4-2 and two in conference, Kansas State 3-3 three and three in conference. So Texas could still work their way into the Big 12 championship game. What they would need to happen, they would need OU to beat Baylor. Uh, pardon me. No, no, no. They would need OU to beat Baylor this week, 
and then they would need to beat Baylor and win out. In that case, Baylor and Texas would both have two conference losses. Texas would have the head-to-head win, so Texas would be able to go to the Big 12 championship game. If Baylor beats Oklahoma, now all of a sudden each of those schools – pardon me, Baylor would have one conference loss. Oklahoma would have two conference losses. So then Texas would be at the whim of Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma to close out the season in order to – to get that done, which, you know, Oklahoma State obviously will be a big underdog in that game. But if you would have asked me two weeks ago if Oklahoma State had a chance against OU, I would have told you probably not. Now, I think the door's open a little bit. I think if you play a great game against OU, you can beat them. You can't go out and go through the motion, but but they're not unbeatable either. You have to play a really good game like Kansas State did. Iowa State played a pretty good game, but dug themselves a little bit too big of a hole. Couldn't make the last play in the end. So uh, Big 12 football really heating up here in the month of November. All right, before I get out of here, I want to remind you of Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. Uh, Don't have much time, went a little over there, and we will quickly wrap things up, talking a little women's soccer, a little cowboy wrestling as well, and we will get you out of here on a Monday. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Cowboy fans. Colby Powell with you here on a Monday for Locked On Pokes. We do this every weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Glad you're with me on this Monday. Mike Gundy will take to the podium here in a few hours. We will break that all down tomorrow here on Locked On Pokes. If you listen to it this afternoon and you have any thoughts that you want to get my thoughts on, Tweet me this afternoon. You don't have to wait until tomorrow whenever we listen to some of that audio. Uh, tweet me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Tomorrow I will try. A, a couple weeks ago I tried. I was like, you know, I'm only going to use four, maybe five clips of Mike Gundy. And then there was just too much good stuff on a big week uh, of Oklahoma State Cowboy football after the win against Iowa State. And now coming off the win against TCU. We'll see what Mike Gundy has to say later on this afternoon as Oklahoma State prepares for Kansas this Saturday. Speaking of an Oklahoma State-Kansas matchup, the Cowgirls were eliminated from the Big 12 tournament with a loss in double overtime to the Kansas Jayhawks on the pitch on Saturday. The Cowgirl soccer team had their eight-game winning streak broken to the fifth seeded in the Big 12 tournament, the Kansas Jayhawks, and the 21st ranked in the country, Kansas Jayhawks. It, it was actually it was a weird game. Uh, Oklahoma State scored 65 seconds in. Gabriella Coleman uh, got a pass from Kid Rock. Kim Rodriguez and scored 65 seconds into the game. So Oklahoma State had a quick one nothing lead, and you figured, okay, here they go. They're going to be on the roll again. But in the seventh minute, Samantha Barnett scored for Kansas to make the score 1-1. to That was in the seventh minute. The score would stay that way all the way through the game until double overtime whenever uh, Kansas was able to get one in. It was Isabella Cavalcante for the uh, the Jayhawks. It was off of an OSU foul. Uh, Cavalcante sent one into the box that Eva Eva 
Elias, Elias Dotter converted uh, for her first goal of the season. So Oklahoma State eliminated now 15-2-3 on the season. The announcement for the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship will be this afternoon at 3.30. So tomorrow I will let you know who Oklahoma State is matched up with in round one and where that will be played as Oklahoma State looks to carry some of the momentum from the second half of the season into the NCAA tournament. Cowboy Wrestling also had a uh, tournament this past weekend, the OC. CU Open. Oklahoma State took down almost all of the hardware. Oklahoma State Wrestling knocks 13 first place finishes and four additional top three honors. That include number four ranked in the country, Nick Piccinini, who won the first championship bout for the Cowboys at 125 pounds uh, with a 10 to 1 major decision over UCO's Cody Karstetter. And he also took his other two bouts of the day with a technical fall and a pan. So that one more of a tune-up for Oklahoma State. They will have their opening duel starting this Thursday when they face Drexel, and then they will travel to Lehigh for a uh, an afternoon bout. When when is it on uh, on November sixteenth? There we go. Uh, so November sixteenth, that will be this Saturday. So Thursday at home against Drexel, Saturday on the road against Lehigh. Cowboys currently ranked number seven in the country as a team, and Lehigh ranked number ten in the country as a team. So that bout on Saturday, you probably don't think of Lehigh as a big wrestling program, but Oklahoma State and Lehigh on Saturday will be a big matchup. Uh, All right, I went so over in the last segment talking football that I need to go ahead and wrap this thing up. So glad everyone was with me on this Monday. Can't thank you enough for being locked on Pokes. Subscribe to this podcast, rate this podcast, Follow me on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Tell a friend, tell your family, make sure that everyone is locked on Pokes. Just a few weeks of the football season left, basketball season heating up, wrestling season just getting underway. A lot going on with Oklahoma State Athletics. Thanks for being with me for another edition of Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>